Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me for another exciting and informative episode of the Paralegal Voice on the Legal Talk Network. I'm Jill Francisco, an advanced certified paralegal, past NILA president, and your host of this episode of the Paralegal Voice. I have over 24 years of paralegal experience, and I am super excited to share my knowledge and enthusiasm for the paralegal profession with you. We have a very special guest for today's show, but before we welcome him, we'd like to thank our sponsors. Today's sponsor is NALA, the Paralegal Association. NALA is a professional association for paralegals providing continuing education, voluntary certification, and professional development programs. NALA has been a sponsor of the Paralegal Voice since its very first show. We would also like to thank courtfiling.net, e-file court documents with ease in California, Illinois, Indiana, and Texas. To learn more, visit courtfiling.net to take advantage of a free 30-day trial. And also, thank you to ServeNow. ServeNow is a nationwide network of trusted, pre-screened process servers. Work with the most professional process servers who have experience with high-volume serves, who embrace technology, and understand the litigation process. Visit ServeNow.com to learn more. So before we get to our guest today, I just want to allude to our topic that we're going to kind of talk about today, and it's paralegal education. And I thought this was kind of, you know, a good time to discuss this because, hey, it's back to school time. Everybody's going back to school, you know, and it's a little different. The schools are starting up universities, and I have a son is. Um, my listeners probably know he's back in high school and, you know, they were had a crazy year last year and we we're virtual. And so now we're all back to school and all the belly aching can begin. <laughs> but anyway, you know, the big thing to me, obviously, is the paralegal education. And it takes on a special meaning to me this year because for the first time ever, I am teaching paralegals. And I have never done this before. It has always been a professional goal of mine to do it. So obviously, I'm super excited to be in the front of the classroom instead of in the classroom as a student. For years, you know, I love the paralegal profession. And I feel like if you have that commitment to a profession that teaching is one of the things that you can do to ensure that that profession prospers and is around for many years into the future. And I'm really excited, like I said today, because I think it's so weird to be back in, you know, I look back when I was a student and, you know, the electronic devices and the technology and the things that the classroom has in it and the things that the students are using, it's all so different. And right now, of course, I'm split. I have 18 students with some online and with some via Zoom. And actually, I'm pleased to say that more are attending in person. And I hope that's because everybody's excited to get kind of back to our uh, normal that we used to be <laughs> used to be in. I think it's like the new normal. But anyway, so I walk into the classroom and you know, I immediately have to have this laptop in front of me that has all these wires. I had a little zip drive that I had my presentation on, and I was afraid there wasn't even going to be any room for it. But there was, and like I said, it was very, very 
different to try to deal with and associate with the people that are uh, on Zoom and the people that are in class. And I'm super excited because I think our guest today is going to really give some great tips and pointers to the students that are in the classrooms in order to get the most out of your education in the situation that we are in with technology and obviously still the COVID precautions that we're dealing with. So anyway, and believe me, please give me any pointers that any of my listeners have. <laughs> if you've been a teacher or you are currently a student, you know, uh, Todd and I both after this show, we'd love to hear from you because uh, Todd is also a seasoned professor with paralegal program. And that's another reason why I'm super excited to have him today. I think hopefully I'm excited to learn something from him in addition to hopefully our listeners learning. So anyway, before we get to talk to Todd, we're going to have to take a quick little break to thank some of our sponsors. Looking for a process server you can trust? ServeNow.com is a nationwide network of local pre-screen process servers. ServeNow works with the most professional process servers in the industry. Connecting your firm with process servers who embrace technology, have experience with high-volume serves, and understand the litigation process and rules of properly effectuating service. Find a pre-screened process server today. Visit www.servenow.com. NALA members receive exclusive content, such as the Paralegal Utilization and Compensation Survey Report, access to a members-only collaboration site, discounts on office products and car rental, access and preferred placement on a web platform for paralegal contract jobs, and access to the member-only career center. NALA members also receive discounted education and products. Join NALA today and become a part of our community. Learn more at NALA.org. Okay, and we're back, like I said, today on the Paralegal Voice with Todd Richardson. And like I said, I'm so excited to have Todd with me today. He is an attorney and a retired professor of paralegal studies at Daytona State College. But like many paralegals, he can't say no or stay away. And so, of course, he's back at it and currently teaching as an adjunct professor in the Business Law Department of Stetson University in DeLand, Florida and Emory Riddle Aeronautical University in Daytona Beach, Florida. Todd has an extensive resume, and I'm not going to read it all today, but I wanted to give Todd as much time as possible to share his knowledge and useful information with all our listeners. But please just know Todd's a great guy, and most importantly, he's a huge supporter of paralegals and paralegal education. So I am super excited to have him with me as my guest today. Todd, welcome to the show. Well, hey, Jill, how are you doing? Good. I'm so glad that you uh, invited me to speak today and and uh, being hosted by the Legal Talk Network. And I'm really excited to uh, see what kind of questions you might have that we have during COVID, which is really amping up the technology and some of the skills that our uh, paralegals are going to need in the modern work world. Well, thank you, Todd. I'm so excited. And let's just kind of get into it. So, you know, we want to talk about the current state and the recent developments in the paralegal profession. And I know we've had so many changes, like you were just alluding to about the situation with COVID and what we're into. And so, you know, how is it? And like I said, I think it's awesome because you have obviously taught for years before we've dealt with the national pandemic. And now you're back at teaching after and during, I think, the pandemic. I don't think we're 
totally can call it after yet. I was trying to jump the gun. But can you kind of talk about maybe just in your opinion, you know, how is the teaching the paralegals and training them and things over the years kind of changed to where we're at now? Oh, it's changed completely. Uh, Some of your students that are out have been working for 15, 20 years, probably wouldn't recognize the classrooms that we have today. I've started teaching as an adjunct at University of Central Florida about 21 years ago. And everything was, there was PowerPoints were just starting to come online. Um, and I also worked at the uh, District Court of Appeal as a staff attorney. And we went from paper, big case files being wheeled into your office, paper filings. And now we've gone, that's completely uh, online in Florida, the state of Florida. I know some states have lagged a little bit about that conversion. So it's happening in the educational areas, but also out in the court systems and obviously in the uh, management and law offices. So getting an idea of the technology, staying on top of it is a really uh, marketable skill for paralegal. Yes. And you're you're so right. And like I said, I think that when you were talking about different states, you know, that's another thing that we had to just kind of manage and be understanding you know, even before COVID, you know, some states are more progressive, some states were more ahead of the curve. And I think you and I were talking before where I was telling you, you know, like West Virginia, for instance, are where I'm at the e-filing, we're online, but not every county is online. And so, you know, we were still dealing with not everybody being the same. So what do you think about some specific skills that you're thinking that like some of the paralegals that are coming in now, you know, are needing to have. And like I said, to also help them be, I think you were talking about how to be successful online students, because that is a super new and it's new to everybody just because they're young, you know, or maybe you have a student that is coming back like they were a regular student. They didn't have to deal with any of this stuff. And now all of a sudden they're back in the classroom with all this other stuff that they need to tackle and manage just to really effectively get their education. Yeah, and I found that at Daytona State College, we had a lot of students. They may have been in the old parlance, legal secretaries. And, you know, they, a lot of times, they're the ones really that run the show in these law firms, but they didn't (laughs) have some of the the current skills uh, sets that that current employees. So say if their attorney retires and they want to get back into the workforce or move on to another firm, some of the skills that were very valuable to their older employers now they're looking for technology skills. And part of our curriculum, when we, we sat down and said, what are the challenges? What do we do to produce students that are employable? Which, of course, you know, there's not that many students that are taking law classes just for the fun of it. <laughs> they're looking for, <laughs> obviously, a job afterwards. We took not only the substance of the law, but also the technology, the delivery, law office management courses, So that just having a smattering of substantive ideas of criminal law or insurance defense, it's moving that used to be paper, moving the electronic filings all through the the office. Or if you go to work for an agency, you know, a lot of times the focus of paralegals are private firms. Mm -hmm. And that's what people think about. But there's a great area in uh, state, local and federal government employment for paralegals. Um, in some agencies, even the paralegals can go into court a little bit. So we try to prepare them for to look beyond just what they might envision of going to work for, uh, you know, one firm with several attorneys in it. 
Right. And I know that probably like one of the agencies you're talking about, I mean, they can go before what the Social Security Agency and things like that. And and you're right, that is different. And even and that kind of I think you and I were talking about that kind of alludes to where even those agencies are functioning different. Like, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you may have been somebody that was going in person or the attorney was going in person and this goes for court hearings and everything. And now they're in teams or, you know, there you have to under you have to, you know, share your screen, you have to present exhibits and everything. And so, you know, I think that, you know, it's hard, like you said, especially for paralegals that have been out. I mean, they need to really get and brush in up on this stuff because even though they've been out for a while, they're valuable, obviously, to their employer. It's changed. And I don't know necessarily if it's going to go back to being 100 percent the way we had it. I mean, what's your thoughts on that? Like, because, you know, they're going to have to adjust and adapt as paralegals often do. <laughs> yeah. And I think I think the technology was moving. You know, when we first got Westlaw, where you didn't have to go research the books. Yep. And then we got Ruby and some of these programs and and uh, office management programs where you're not so much doing legal as you might be doing technology. And the, the COVID period has just put that on steroids. I mean, everyone that was resistant, kicking and screaming, I know attorneys that are in their 70s. <laughs> and um, at first they're scratching their heads and and then I was, you know, I see them now and they're like, oh, yeah, I zoomed a hearing today with Judge X. And uh, <laughs> but when they get on the uh, these systems, a lot of times they can't teach an old dog new tricks as the paralegal part of the new job is knowing the technology, being able to set it up and being valuable part of that litigation team or that whatever that team is to make it easier. Your life, of course, is to make your boss, the person that signs your check easier right. if they're a judge or if they're an agency head or if they're an attorney. In the classroom, we try to also just, and, and a lot of times in the paralegal, at least at, at the community college level, we have people that are coming back for second, maybe third careers. We have veterans coming out of the uh, armed forces and they're not as comfortable sometimes with the technology. So every class, some classes are online, but every class we have, we have them in either Canvas, Blackboard or something. Even though you're doing lectures, traditional lectures, you're having them daily use or weekly use that technology just to, so just learning how to sign into that enrollment system, enrolling online, also turning in papers in Dropbox, which is somewhat analogous to submitting something to the court filing electronically. True. Yes, that's a good point. The other thing that I was going to talk back when you were talking about the judges and like you said, making life easier, you know, I've talked to a couple of judges and I think you, you and I were talking about this earlier is, you know, they like this to some extent, because like I have a, fa a friend that's a family law judge here locally. And, you know, the family courts are always backed up. They're always overworked. They're always overwhelmed. And, you know, that's the theme. And now because they were doing their hearings 
via teams and things like that, you didn't have the excuses or the reasons or obviously good reasons, not like they're for a bad reason, but the person can't make it. So it's rescheduled. And then they can't, you know, they can't appear. And so it's rescheduled again. And it just keeps getting pushed down and everything just keeps getting backed up. And she said, for the first time, we are like just turning them out. And it's it's great. And it's not only for the courts. I mean, obviously, the court is happy that, you know, the things are processing through the legal system, you know, faster and more efficiently. But I mean, think about the actual when it boils down to it, the people that, you know, they don't have to wait longer if they're in a domestic abuse situation. They don't have to wait longer if the kids need to be, you know, put in a safer situation than they're in, you know, and removed from a home or something. And that's kind of what I like is it's like, you know, really, that's a positive outcome of the things that we've had to deal with. And I mean, I know I for one, I had to learn how to get and present exhibits like during a mediation. I mean, that is that it it was and and I don't feel like I'm horrible at technology or that I'm a guru. I'm not I'm kind of like in between. But like you said, it seems like there's always something new. You can always learn something new. And it's really important for paralegals, like I said, that are in school to absorb that. They're younger. Hopefully they already know of it and have a good basis. But even for the ones that have been out just a little bit, don't assume that you knew it because, good Lord, it's probably already changed. (laughs) You know, so, I mean, do you see that, too, with like the courts and and things like that? And are are you teaching and adding in those different kind of things that they're going to have to learn because it might not? definitely be an in-person hearing, an in-person depot, an in-person, you know, things like that. And Jill, as you know, a longtime paralegal, yep. that you're not only, you know, doing the legal parts, moving cases through, moving used to be paper, electronics, but you're also a somewhat of a psychologist, a referee, <laughs> and you get the party, especially in family law, where they're, where things can get hot and they can get heated. And yep. you've got the parties maybe waiting out in the hall before the hearing and emotions can be raw. Yep. If you've got it on the Zoom, it does give that bit of a distance um, and helps set that tone that the hearing officer or the judge wants of taking some of the emotion out by having it electronically as opposed to them being in the same room. Also, um, I have several friends that what we call in Florida judicial assistants. Oh, and they're yep. the the JAs or the judge's secretaries, and they they run into the same thing. They're trying to get their work done. A lot of them are paralegals. They love those jobs because, as we say, the judges run the court, the JAs run the judges. But uh, the JAs are that buffer between, you know, chaos in a uh, judicial chamber and not. So they're, you know, they like it because the people aren't coming into the courthouse as much they're now learning the uh, litigants and all this in the dissolutions. They're learning to to do the electronic things so you can get you're more productive during the day rather than having to stop and referee a, an argument or something out in the hallway. Right. So that technology and the judges like it. I mean, I know I know you know at the appellate level trying to get three judges together, they're not all in the same building. There is a little downside to it too, though, um, and you probably learned that when you're working at home either partially or full-time, you do kind of miss that collegiality or camaraderie that you get in the office. You know, a, a partner can't just walk into your office and talk about something or or they're less likely to pick the phone yep. up. It's not quite the same. Or a judge walk into your office or a judge walk down to another office or other JAs where you can, you're sitting at home and then you're new at your job as a paralegal 
And you could go down and go to the Jills in the office and say, Jill, how does this, you know, (laughs) as mentor, some firms, of course, have mentors. Yeah. You're a little, there's that isolation aspect too. So there has to be a balance, I think. Yeah. And you bring up a good point because, and I think that's one thing, like you said, the people that have been that, I mean, are, are like I said, are currently in school and learning to be a paralegal, but also the seasoned ones, like for instance, our firm just, and, and not necessarily because of COVID, just because, you know, the firms have seen how this has gone when they've totally worked remote, you know, the productivity was still there in some cases, even better. And people are happy about it, you know, a lot of, and then there's some that are not, you know, so it's just like everything else. You have people that like it and don't, but you know, I think that is a message to our listeners that they need to, if you're a paralegal, you know, you need to step up and realize that you need to learn how to still be engaged with your coworkers, to still be engaged with your attorney, to still be, you know, and, and form those relationships. And I think especially if you're newer and also if you've been there forever and it's always been a situation where you just get up, go across the hall, down the, you know, another floor, talk to your attorney, and now you're in a different situation. Like for me personally, I started, I was, you know, like a lot of us, we were at home for a long time constantly, but now they offered us the opportunity with we can work two days and it's really nice. So I picked Tuesday, Thursday, and now I get that combination of both, you know, and it's like, then it's like you almost look forward to scheduling those in-person relationships and meetings and connections when you're in the office. And then on the flip side, you still get your personal space and your different working environment, getting it done, cranking it out while you're at home. And so I think that's like, there has to be a concerted effort, I think, is my message to all that. And I think you'll agree that, you know, to really understand that those relationships are important, even though the technology is there, you can get on Zoom, you can talk, you you know, you get the jab, we have the jabber and the WebEx. I mean, how many WebExes have we, uh, you know, attended? But it still doesn't replace, you know, that effort and that engagement. And, you know, and that's a message you have to also know how to do that WebEx, because when your boss is calling you at home, you know, it's not going to be an excuse that you can't get on and help him and talk him through or do whatever needs to be done. So I think they're just, you know, I think that's a focus that the paralegals that are out and the paralegals that are in right now need to really be aware that they got to understand that kind of stuff. And I think it's easier, too, for the seasoned paralegals, but the new ones, like you said, they don't know any different. And you have to make an effort to get that FaceTime because that's that's who they're going to remember when the uh, raises come or if they're cutting staff or hiring staff as well. But as far as uh, how that works in the legal education, the paralegal education, I always strive in my classes, if they're face-to-face classes, to have a collaborative learning exercise where they collaborate on a trial notebook or they collaborate on a contract or they work together um, on a presentation just for those interpersonal skills that you're Uh not necessarily going to get if it's a totally online. Also that uh, we promote, we have a student paralegal program. You want to be able to also not just your lawyer or your boss, but connect with your peers because they know, you know, they know everything about what goes on in that particular jurisdiction. And hopefully, and I always uh, encourage my students then to go on to two organizations like NALA, because not only do you get your continuing education, because you do have to stay on top of everything, but also you get to connect with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, like at the conference, you know, every year you kind of look forward to seeing the same, but you maybe see them once a year, but you know 
you can pick that phone up and say, hey, uh, how are you doing? And, yep. and uh, so that aspect of it, kind of the socialization aspect, I think, is something that you do really have to remember when you're doing a virtual. Hopefully, we'll get out of this at some point where we'll be back to kind of normal. But as you were saying, I don't think we're going to go back to the old Monday through Friday, nine to five. And some firms, perhaps, but I think attorneys and, and firms are realizing that like you said, you could even be more productive without the distractions of the so it's kind of like we said at the court. It would be a wonderful job if there were no judges. Because <laughs> <laughs> we uh we could get to work. You know, if you're working at home, you can get a lot more done than when a judge comes at the last minute and says, look over this opinion and which is part of the job, but uh but and that interaction is good too. So th there's a good balance. I guess that's kind of the theme of his today is this balance of everything. Yeah, and I've always said too. I mean, and I think and I think it's neat for paralegals to have the option. Like I'm excited that paralegals are in the position to get these opportunities and to you know because you know paralegals are definitely professionals, hands down, and you know to get the opportunity for them to choose to work from home and to still be just as productive and just as accessible and, you know, doing their job. And like I said, even sometimes more because you can kind of just get into yourself at home and you don't have the distractions of, you know, whatever's going on, whether it's just, you know, water cooler talk or, you know, mm -hmm. somebody's running in and out. But, you know, it's like, um, I just think it's awesome that, you know, it's open-minded. The law firms are kind of looking at it. And in just my personal opinion, I think it's going to go, I think the remote working, or like you said, I think it's obviously financial advantages to the law firms and to businesses and things like that, that when you don't have to, you know, maybe have everything available like you did when you have a full office every single day, you know, like you said, five days a week. But, you know, I really wonder, uh, I think it's going to be looked at as a benefit, like how people used to sit there and think, okay, this person has this kind of health insurance. I got dental insurance here. I got a good 401k. They're giving me a certain percentage. I think now it's going to be like, and I have the option to work from home. And this place doesn't give that to me. And especially if it's somebody that did it, whether they were forced to do it, or they just, you know, had a taste of it and they like it, that's going to be hard to turn down, yeah. I think. And I think employers are going to hopefully see that because you wouldn't want to lose, I don't think, your good employees just because you don't want to, you know, let them work from home when they're equally as productive. And I think that's what COVID did. It, it kind of shook things up and then it made some of the people that might not have liked it kind of realize, well, we're still productive. And it's, as you said, it's a, it's a fringe bit because it's sort of a seller's market right now with employment. You know, a lot of positions are not being filled. It's hard to find people. So, yeah. So if you have two firms that are somewhat equal and one says, well, we'll have flexibility, flex hours or however. Yeah. That's could tip the scale and uh, it's competition. You know, it's the open market on it. So more people are going there. Yeah. And they're not getting people at the other firm, then they'll realize it, hopefully. Yeah. And like you said, whether they wanted to do it or not, again, they may be at a little arm twisted <laughs> to realize what's going on. So, Todd, before we um, go on to I know we're going to kind of dig into kind of the real specific technology things and some little pointers for online students and things like that. We need to take a quick break to thank our sponsors. We'll be right back. This episode of the Paralegal Voice is brought to you by CourtFiling.net your solution for electronic filing in California, Illinois, Indiana, and Texas. 
Courtfiling.net provides a better e-filing experience so you can spend more time helping clients. Because they know that work sometimes happens after hours, Courtfiling.net offers 24-7 phone, email, and chat support. Visit Courtfiling.net to receive 30 days of unlimited free electronic filings and see how you too can e-file court documents with ease. Welcome back to the Paralegal Voice. I'm Jill Francisco, and my guest today, Todd Richardson, attorney and retired paralegal professor. And so, Todd, where were we? We were just, I think, getting to some really, um, we were going to delve into some really cool tips and really some specific skills that I know that you have thought about and want to tell our listeners that if they're a current student, that they should really be aware of. And then this is also, I think, kind of a wake-up call for, again, paralegals that have been out of the game for a little bit and not been in the classroom. This is still going to be stuff that you're going to have these current students that you're teaching now are going to come out with these skills. And so, you know, the ones that are already out there, they got to know that they got to come back and brush up and learn some of this new stuff. So what are you seeing right now with your students and to give them some specific pointers on what to do? Well, there's kind of two groups of students. The first, of course, are the ones that are right out of high school, and they've grown up with that technology. You know, me, I, you know, we didn't have, when I went to the court, we didn't even have computers hardly. But now people- Same, I think. My, <laughs> yes. My little uh, great nieces and nephews probably know more about programming a phone or, or whatever. <laughs> so they, they get the technology, and they're sending me, you know, files and formats that I have no idea what, how to open them. And, uh, but the thing to remember is in the classroom setting, if it's an online class, if it's face-to-face, it's still that engagement. And we did some of the split at Stetson last year where we had students that were not, because of COVID, weren't traveling or that were on Zoom participating in class. And we had some in class. And it was very difficult. So one of the tips I guess I'll give any of our current or people thinking about going to school, back to school, is to get involved in it. If you're on the Zoom, speak up. Make sure that you're not forgotten, because that's one of the things. You got to look at it from also the professor's point of view. I go into every classroom has a different setup usually. I'm fumbling around. I go in early, so at least I look competent. And I usually identify one student that knows, and I'm like, how do I make this work? Which I guess is good training because a lot of times a judge or a senior attorney might do that, say, make this so, you know, I've got a hearing. So keep engaged with it. If you're doing the online portion, which every class we I teach anyway, we have things online. Log in every day. You never know when announcements. And also we check and see participation in the classroom. Email the professor, connect with the professor if you can. As far as the second group of students, those that are maybe coming back and a little slow on technology, most universities and colleges have very good technology people or people that deal with the online courses and the online setups. Don't be afraid to ask. You know, a lot of them, they'll be quiet maybe and sit in the back and they're little little intimidated because younger students seem to know more of the technology. So that's what we're here for. We're here to really enhance your skills because those are the skills you are going to need in the current marketplace. 
Yeah, you're right. One of the things I know that I'm teaching the intro to paralegalism, and that's the brand new students that come in. So hopefully I'm getting them energized and everything. And I was laughing because I it talks about being the aggressive paralegal. And I said, I feel like that's a nice word, like assertive, you know, is a nice <laughs> word for being pushy and annoying. <laughs> <laughs> but but if somebody tells me that I'm one or both of those, I take that as a compliment because I know that you being as attorney too, I mean, if I'm not reminding you and I'm not saying, hey, I drafted this two weeks ago for you. I've told you every day since then that it's due. Now today it's due. So we really got to get this out the door. That's helpful to you really in the long run. I mean, as an attorney. And I, I was trying to get that across to the students because, you know, a, a person that they're not out in that environment, they're not going to understand that. And I think like you bring a good point that it's never too early to start doing that. And the, the aggressiveness and the persistence and things like that can start, like you were saying, with the professor, you know, make comments, offer suggestions, come ask questions if you don't. And like you said, be engaging on the Zoom. And just as a side note, obviously, you know, you're using Zoom, you're using Microsoft Teams. I mean, those are two things that if you are out in the current market, going to school or even been out for a while, if you have not learned both of these programs, you really should take a CLE. I mean, search out a CLE. There's plenty of them on there. There's great articles that you can use as resource materials. But I mean, you really got to know those because like yesterday I was I was had to record, you know, now we have to record, which I'm sure you do. And then it goes even in Zoom on a cloud so they can access it. And I was just like, oh my gosh, you know, there's so much to remember. You got to cut down on the jokes. <laughs> right. Someone will be watching it later. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Get, and and it's like you forget all about that. But, you know, it's like it's so important. And it's like here you could have the students that, you know, the information is there, but they're not kind of being, you know, aggressive to get it and to, you know, search it out. So I think you bring up a good point. Um, what do you think about other like you were talking about? You know, like if you're a student that's just starting, is there any special things that go on like, you know, at the beginning? Like, do they have anything to get the students even to kind of know each other? You know, do you guys ever have anything like that? Yeah. And before COVID, of course, it was more. But we have the uh, Student Paralegal Association, and uh, that's an organization at community college, a little bit different. It's not a residential setting where the students can go and they'll hang out after class or people are working a lot of times. So it is difficult, but we have a trip to the state capitol we did every year. We oh, have nice. socials, community service that they can get involved for that sort of uh, the networking because right. Volusia County, where I live, it's a big, big county, but it's a small legal community. Yep. And if you know someone, and I tell this my students, this is very important. Do not go out of your way. And sometimes it's just personalities to make anyone in your cohort and classes angry or don't have any petty feuds because these are the people in the classroom sitting next to you that five years from now, you're going to be calling and saying, would you mind if we have a continuance? Can you agree to that? And they'll remember <laughs> something or... Or say you go to apply for a job and they'll say, oh, yeah, that person was on my team and he didn't do his work and he we had to carry him. Yep. So you are not only educating yourself, but you're building this reputation. And like I tell them, I said, your word and your reputation is something it's it's hard to get, but is very easy to lose and very difficult to get back um, if you're known for being a slacker or being disrupt <laughs> or 
you know, fighting over a seat. I've seen yeah. things that I've just, yeah. So it's I, unfortunate. It's just common courtesy type things. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. And I think that also I like your advice. And, and like I said, this is for students. I was telling the students, you know, it's never too early to reach out and join, like you said, the local association. And just last night when I was going over all the areas in which paralegals can work, I mean, one of the areas is legal aid. And you bring up a good point mm-hmm. where, you know, I said, hey, you can volunteer there now. Believe me, they will take any help that they can get. And all that's going to do is help you in the long run. You're going to meet people. You're going to meet people in the profession, you're going to get exposure to, you know, legal workings and things. And it's just going to be, you know, even if you can just do it once or twice, you don't have to, you know, make a big long commitment, because obviously volunteer is volunteer, you know, you're, you're not getting paid. And a lot of these students that I noticed, which I'm sure you did, they're already working full time. And, you know, at, at the pizza place or, yeah. you know, whatever, whatever they're doing. And then law, they're, now they're also firms. <laughs> already. Yes. And yeah. they're just getting that I have a girl that works or a student that works at a prosecutor's office, and she just wants to have that paper to show that she has, you know, the education and the background that she really already has the job for. So I think that's a really good point. And I also think it's good, like you said, for networking, uh, never discount networking. Mm-hmm. And like you said, the networking starts in class. I mean, you know, it starts with those students that you're going to kind of progress through your education timeline, so to speak. And you're going to have to be dealing with them, like you said, even down the road and when you're out. So go ahead and form those relationships, it's never too early. So I think, you know, networking and joining the professional associations, I think that's all, you know, it's just great advice. It can't be discounted. So anyway, well, Todd, I really appreciate it. I think we were kind of run out of time. I appreciate you coming on. And I know our listeners got some great information and they want to reach out to you maybe like after this um, and get some more information or maybe they have some questions. What is the best way that they could do that? Yeah, they could uh, email me at ct61 at aol.com. Oh, that shows the AOL. You how much of a gotta dinosaur lo- I am. <laughs> gotta I love the AOL. AOL. <laughs> yes. That's, no, let's not say dinosaur. Let's just say experienced. <laughs> well that's seasoned. La- that's lazy. That's lazy. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Todd, um, thank you again so much. And thank you again to all our listeners who turned in today. Um, if you have any questions or comments for me, please contact me at jfrancisco at logical.com and that's l-a-w-g-i-c-a-l.com i hope you will join me for our next episode next month i'm jill francisco for the paralegal voice signing off The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. 
And me, Conrad Som. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.